0: And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, podcasts, articles, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Man, oh man, do we have some great things to get into today. Uh, You know, I'm not even going to preview it just right now. Let's just jump right into it, okay? Razorback basketball. They lost to Auburn in what may have been one of the most embarrassing type of ways to lose to a team, where you can't do anything, and I mean anything offensively. The other team is raining threes in your face, and from the very get go, from from the very first tip, you are completely outmanned, outmatched, outgunned, out everything, and here you are sitting at fourteen and twelve. Arkansas loses. By a final score. I, I mean, this the fact that the this I listen, I knew that the game that was going to be bad for Arkansas. I knew they were gonna lose, but it's just it's something that I'm really gonna have to unravel here in this one. They lost by a final score of 79 to 56. they right, a twenty three point loss. Arkansas was down at one point, twenty three to one. Twenty three to one. No, that you haven't misheard me. No, I did not forget a digit. 23 to 1. Arkansas was down at one point. They were down by 30 points at one point. Arkansas just, it was just one of those games where Auburn could do whatever they wanted, especially from the three point line where they hit 17 three pointers. 17 three pointers. That's more free throws than Arkansas hit. And Arkansas couldn't get anything from Daniel Gafford because it was a great defensive job by Auburn on him. Mason Jones was a non factor. Isaiah Joe shot 18 times and only made five shots. They got literally nothing else from anybody on the bench. I, I like if it's if listen if Daniel Gafford's got 10 points, which is what he had in this game, 10 points, eight rebounds, and Desi Seals Sills has a nine, and he shot the ball one more time than Daniel Gafford. That's problematic. And now, Arkansas is in a situation where they welcome in Texas A&M this weekend, this Saturday, into Bud Walton Arena. And folks, I'm telling you right now, if they lose to Texas A&M on Saturday, a Texas A&M team that is one of the worst teams in the SEC, they're 11-14, and 4-9 four in SEC play, which is funny because they're only one game behind Arkansas. If they lose that, then the fate of Mike Anderson might become truly in question. I understand that we've talked about on this podcast about the possibilities of a possible change. But I still felt like it would take an epic disaster to end the season for Mike Anderson to be gone. But if they lose to AM on Saturday, because they're going to lose to Kentucky next week. On the road, they're going to get smoked. They could essentially finish with a losing season. And they could essentially finish the season with six or seven losses in their final eight games. That's not a winning formula. And for those of you that have wanted Mike Anderson gone, this would be your chance. This would be your opportunity. This would be you being able to use this narrative to make it work, because I'm not saying it's a false narrative, to make it work, to put legitimate pressure on Hunter Yerchek and the administration to make a move. Because if that's the case and it's not going to get any better next year because Daniel Gafford's going to be gone, it might be time. It might be time. And I, I just wonder what this team is going to be and what it's going to look like next season if you keep Mike Anderson on. When Daniel Gafford's gone, I mean, I'm not, I always feel like if there's hope or if there's something at the end of the tunnel, there's something to hold on to, then it makes sense and there's a reason behind it, but that's not going to be the case next year. And Mike Anderson's teams also have always been known to finish fairly strong at the end of the season, even in their worst of seasons, his first couple of years, the year they went 16 and 16, in those seasons, Arkansas normally finished Really strong. Or at least was playing better basketball towards the end of the season than they were in the beginning. And that's not the case this year. This team's playing worse. Worse. As the season has gone on. And Razorback fans, it's upsetting. And especially when it's a constant reminder that this is the 25th anniversary of the national championship team. Like, if that doesn't just add salt in the wound that is already open this is the 25th anniversary of Arkansas winning the national championship against Ole Miss a week from Saturday on March 2nd they're going to be honoring the 25th anniversary they're going to be honoring the national championship team they're going to have some awesome throwback uniforms they're going to have all that stuff and what's it, it's just going to be kind of a blah Because the team's not that good. And it would just be a painful, a painful reminder. Just how far you've fallen. How far you are away from being nationally relevant. And so that's what's really the unfortunate thing about all of this. Is that the timing's awful. the, The team's awful. The situation's awful. Everything is awful. And... You know, and, I, and I'm going to say this, because a lot of you have been coming after me on social media, and I think that's just what happens when fans, I, I don't take it personally. <laughs> I don't at all. Some media members do, I don't. I'm never going to take it personally when when fans are upset and they start taking it out on me, because motions are high, and you got to be able to yell at somebody. So it doesn't bother me when people yell at me. Just be nice about it. Don't, don't be hateful. Um, But you know, people have come about uh, me and, and media members saying that, you know, we don't ask tough questions to Mike Anderson. You know, we're protecting Mike Anderson and all that. Well, let me just put it this way as I put it on the show this morning, I'll put it out on social media and I put it out right here. If Mike Anderson was not the coach next year at Arkansas, I would have no problem with it. No problem at all. I would not be saying that he deserves that This is wrong. I would not say hey, he should have deserved another year. I would not blame any Razorback fans. I would not have any issue with it whatsoever. Because I feel like it would be a legitimate move and a legitimately correct move if that's the direction that Hunter Yershek and the staff wanted to go. I would, however, be shocked if he was not the coach next year. Because of all that's been invested into him so far this season, and the I think he's only got one or two years left on his contract, two years I think, and the buyout situation would be different. And and here's the thing, too, that I think people have to understand. If you're going to make this move, if Arkansas was to make this move, Hunter check said, you know what, uh, thank you, Mike Anderson, for your service, but we're going to go in a different direction. If that was the case, the one thing that Hunter check and this administration has to make sure they have are legitimate options before they make that move. They have to be talking to some people. And they should have. And if they wanted to make this move, they should be talking to people right now. Maybe even before then. Maybe before they decide to make a move, of seeing what coaches are legitimately interested in coming to Arkansas. Because I'm telling you right now, the last thing you want to find yourself in is in a situation which is I won't say it was just like the football situation, but a situation where you make a change. People are say, "Okay, good move." Now who you going to get? And then the list keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And you feel like people keep telling you no, no, no. Big time jobs start opening up elsewhere across the country. Or there has to happens to be other people taking jobs or getting in trouble or whatnot. And then you end up with a real dud. Someone that doesn't even have a resume worthy where they were at like a division school and then they went to the D1 and they made a run in the Sweet 16 one year you don't want another Stan Heath is what I'm saying you don't want another situation where that happens because that will mean it's like okay if you're gonna go that direction you might as well just keep Mike Anderson if you're going to make the move you got to make sure you upgrade that you're getting somebody legitimately no questions asked better Because it's not like, because this is another thing, too. It's not like Mike Anderson's a bad coach. It's not like Mike Anderson has really caused all these painful seasons to where it's been embarrassing. It's not like that. It's not like Pelfrey. Like, you had a guy who actually did a pretty good, decent enough job, but you just got to go to that next level, and you don't think he's going to be the guy to make you help. So. You know, that's just one of the things that I hope that Hunter Yurichek in this administration knows and has in their back pocket because if they end up with a dud and they end up with somebody lesser than Mike Anderson, it's gonna be just then that's gonna be a lot of pressure on Hunter Yurichek. And that's gonna be a lot of issues that fans will take with the administration being like, Wow. Wow. Every athletic director's first hire is always their biggest one. It's not like Arkansas has had a plethora of athletic directors either. I mean, Frank Brolls was around forever. But if you think about it, Jeff Long's first major hire was Bobby Petrino. Pretty big. Pretty big. I mean, his next one was Mike Anderson. Pretty big. Pretty good job. So what about Hunter Jurczyk if they go this route? Don't Don't go out and hire you a firm... Don't go out and, and start dropping names out there and then, then when they get asked about it, don't don't do that. Go find the people you want and make them tell you no. If you want Chris Beard, make them tell you no. If you want Billy Donovan, make them tell you no. If you want Eric Musselman over at Nevada, make them tell you no. If you want these guys, if you know which if you, who you want, go out there and say, Hey, what's it gonna take? Because it's not, I know it's not my money, so obviously I don't look at it the same way, but I would have zero problem, and I think most fans would have zero problem paying $5 million a year for a basketball coach if it was a coach that you knew was going to deliver instant and amazing elite results. For instance, if Arkansas went out and they got a coach of the caliber, I'm not saying like this name per se, but just of the caliber of someone like a Billy Donovan. That guy's worth five mil. 100%. I'm sure he's making more than that at OKC. I'm sure that's not even a realistic expectation, but I'm just saying if there was a coach like that where he was great at the school, he won championships, he was a championship caliber coach. I think almost every Razorback fan would have no problem saying, name your price because you'll have it paid for in spades if you just do it the right way and if you go out there and you make sure that you have a coach that's going to deliver the results because here's the thing i was just thinking about this i'm just using this as an example i'm not saying it's a realistic option but if you hire billy donovan like you go instantly from like that's like going from houston nut to vitrina we're like oh geez okay let's go Here's my season tickets. Let me sign off on this. Here's my money. Take whatever you need. Let's get going. Make Bud Walton great again. I mean, that it would be that type of excitement. And then also, Hunter, Yurichek, check. Everyone would be like, all right, we got the right guy in the job. That just shows you how big of a difference it can make. But Mike Anderson's still your coach right now, folks. He's still your coach. He's going to remain your coach at least for the rest of the season. But if the rest of the season goes down the crapper, I don't know how much longer he'll be around. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You know, we've had a lot of fun in talking about the basketball team, and obviously uh, it's it's really important in in how people, you know, obviously know what's going on with the basketball team. So I want to go a little outside the box, though, here. For this next segment of this uh, Zion Williams thing, <laughs> that Duke where the guy blew out of his shoe, it's something I've really never seen before. It's pretty impressive. And against North Carolina, 33 seconds into the game, Zion Williamson, the best Zion Williams, the best player in all of college basketball, blows out of his own shoe, messes up his knee. It's a mild sprain to his knee, and everybody's up in arms and, and having these hot takes. Here's the thing. When I saw that play, I saw, dang, that sucks. A guy just had a malfunction on his shoe and ended up having a mild injury. Hopefully, he's okay. That's how I saw it. But apparently, a lot of other people saw it as, this is a reason why players need to be paid in college athletics. It's the stupidest thing in the world. If you argue that players should be paid in college athletics, I think there are some arguments you can make. Some arguments I'd even like to hear. But don't use this. Don't use this situation with Zion as a reason why players should be paid. And it and all comes down to this. Because Jay Billis and all these people out there that think that the athletes are victims for some reason of the system, and, apparently, and they don't value scholarships. They don't value the, the success that comes along with it. And that's fine. But it, it comes down to this, though, folks. Let's use Zion Williams, for example. Did Zion Williams have to go to Duke? Did he have to go to college? When he was coming out of high school, did he have to go to school and go to college to further his basketball career? The answer is no. If he wanted to, he could have gone out and played overseas, gotten paid for it, gotten paid cash, and then could have been drafted into the NBA the next year, number one overall. Could have gone to a developmental league, too. Could have gotten paid and could have been drafted number one overall. He chose to go to Duke. You want to bring up money, you want to bring up dollars, you want to bring up how they're being extorted, fine, 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 whatever, I don't care. My point is is that he made the choice. He didn't have to, but he made that choice, just like many other athletes do. Now, I'm not speaking the same way in football, because football is a different game. You have to be at college for three years in football, you know, so it's different. We can talk about that at a different time, but I'm just specifically talking about basketball in this situation. No one forces these kids to go to college. No one. If they did not want to go that route, there are other options available to them where they get paid. But for some reason, everybody feels like that these college kids, these big-time athletes who are going to be top five, top ten picks in the NBA draft and make their money. They feel like they're being extorted by the NCAA because of how much money the NCAA makes off of them and off of the game that they bring. I just think it's dumb. I think it's dumb. I think that the victimhood that college athletes are looked upon is dumb. There's not if you If you had any idea the way college athletes get treated... And how they get more benefits and more advantages than any other student on the university's campus anywhere. You would be shocked and amazed. Like, just use the U of A, for example. Folks, there is a a building, there is an academic building that Jerry Jones donated millions to, to get his name on it. There's a building there that has, that's an academic center, that has tutors and all the help. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the last segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Uh, it was some big news here in Razorback football land is that it has been made official that Kenny Ingram has been named the defensive line coach for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, he was coming, I think it was the Auburn uh, I always forget how the director of game day operations. That's not what it's called. Don't even listen to me. I'm not doing that. See, because the thing is, is I'm doing this live. Like as soon as I'm recording this podcast is when it's coming on live. So bear with me. He's the director of player relations. There we go. <claps> director of player relations at Auburn for the past two years. He held the same position at Auburn. And as he did at Arkansas State when Gus Malzahn was there, he coached defensive tackles at Cincinnati in 2015 and 2016. Uh, He has a, but here's the thing that, a lot of people, it's like, they're going to see his resume and they're like, okay, whatever. You know what he has more than anything? He has ties to Memphis in recruiting. Memphis in recruiting. And Memphis, I don't know if I'll necessarily call it a hotbed, but it is definitely a place that has some big-time players and some big-time talent, especially coming out in this next class. Ch- Listen, I don't know if Chad Morris is going to win at a high level, but for crying out loud, man, the dude gets it. He knows it's all about recruiting. So when they lost John Scott, which no no offense to him, but it wasn't like he was just some coach that was big time that you're going to miss out on. But when they lost him and they were able to replace him with this guy who has great recruiting backgrounds, I'm not worried about player development. I'm just worried about them getting the best guys in there, and that's looking like what they've done. So if he's able to add in some sort of piece when it comes to the recruiting side of things and to be able to bring in some of the big-time talent, especially from the Memphis area, it's a great hire. These are the, and, and in addition to that, by the way, Barry Lunny Jr. has been promoted to special teams coordinator, so <laughs> special teams coach, love it, about time, my goodness, how in the world has Arkansas gone this long without a special teams coach, I don't know, but that's the way it is. But the fact that they hired this guy and Kenny Ingram, it, it, they get the recruiting element. And I think that if you're a Razorback fan, that's where you can find some excitement in it. I, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know what, how the, what the ceiling looks like for Chad Morris. But what I do know is when it comes down to recruiting, the dude is amazing at it. His staff is amazing at it. It's the best that they've had since Frank Broyles, more often than not. So, I, But well, here's the thing. It's got to be sustainable. It's one thing for a coach to come in in his first couple years and have big recruiting classes because, hey, Brett Bielma did that. Bobby Petrino did that. It's one thing to do it that way. But it's quite something else to be able to sustain it over a four, five, six-year period. Now, we know what Arkansas and Chad Morris did in the 2019 class, and it was phenomenal. If they can do that in a 2020 and 2021 class too, get into that top 15 range each season, ooh, buddy, better start buying your season tickets now because it's going to get really, really exciting. So there you have it. There's the biggest news right now for the Razorback football team. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at RushJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then.